Have I seen your purse and phone? Where's your keys? You can't leave home. You love it. Shut up. You love it. That's bullshit. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode one of Fuck Them Fish, ADHD for grown-ups. This is a podcast for people with ADHD, or you might know somebody with ADHD, or you may be undiagnosed but think you have ADHD. My name is Callie Barrett, and I am here with my husband. And I'm Lockie Barrett. And we are not professionals. We are not psychologists. We are not doctors. We are not counsellors. We are simply two grown-ups. And one of us has ADHD. Who's that, Lockie? It might be me. It's not you, is it? Could be me. No, it's not. I think it is. No, it's definitely me. Can you press those buttons? No. Oh, which ones? Hang on. We have a new... We have, Hang on. <laughs> that one? Maybe that, that one. That was unpleasant, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> this is what happens when two people have all the gear and, and no, no idea. idea. As I was saying, I have ADHD. I was diagnosed quite late, um, very much um, into adulthood. And uh, so we went looking for a lot of information about that, didn't we, Lucky? We did indeed. And so growing up, you'd often hear about the children, you know, in your classroom who would be, they'd be identified as having ADHD, but they'd yeah. kind of, it's kind of like that hush conversation, like that child over there's going to, oh, okay, let's just, they'll be okay. But they were the one that always got bullied as well, right? Yeah. And so it was like that, that, there was that negative surround to the topic. And uh, I find just purely because of that now, I have to over explain myself when I talk to people. And example of a small child that we have, um, she, the cat, okay, there's a cat climbing on my shoulder and it's clawing, it's unpleasant. However, oh anyway, she's going to go. This is why people um, use recording studios. Okay, the cat will go. Um, but. I found myself the other day that the small child that we have was at swimming and um, she actually had a lesson to herself with the instructor and I had to tell the instructor that if she does anything or she doesn't look like she's concentrating, it's because she has ADHD, but she's okay. And I don't want to have to justify the fact that she's okay because... She and, just gets distracted. And she gets distracted. And if yeah. she, she will just start backflipping in the water because she can. She's a small child in a higher level swimming class and just wants to do backflips if she's not being just watched. Just quick flex there. Yeah, my small child in a higher level, no, higher just level, higher level swimming class. We're just going to flex that in. That we wanted to add some depth to the ADHD narrative. Really, the conversation that's happening um, out in the world. See a lot of things on uh, TikTok in social media, and it, it's really negative. And you know, it's actually not all negative. Yeah, there's a lot of challenges. Don't get me wrong. Not for one second am I downplaying any of the challenges. It's going to be uh, conversations we'll be having with lots of other people and their experience of ADHD. I'm just trying to change the narrative. <laughs> All right. So, uh, look, it's also not going to be a parenting podcast. So I just want to make that really clear. Yeah, we'll, we'll no doubt mention our kid at times. We have one. Um, there are definite challenges. Go with being a parent with ADHD and parenting a child with ADHD. But that's not the focus of this podcast. This podcast is about anything and everything grown up. And uh, on that note, we do actually want to hear from you guys. So uh, if you have any embarrassing stories, we've actually already had a few come through in our DMs. A couple of people have slid into the old DMs. Look at us with DMs. I know, right, such influencers. Um, but yeah, so uh, really cool to get those emails. And we are going to go into every single email that we get sent, as long as it is appropriate, will be discussed. We will go through 
uh, we'll deep dive into whatever subject we've been asked to. So next week, uh, we we on the next podcast, we are actually looking at the interplay between ADHD and the requests for Asperger's syndrome, but obviously it's the autism spectrum disorder. So the interplay between ADHD and autism spectrum disorder. Or more importantly, my most favourite question of the week was, what happened to Lockie in the intro of the trailer? Yeah. There is no answer. I just... We're playing on your phone, I believe. That or, you know... Yeah, no, you were at, playing on your phone. Looking at a mic for the first time, not understanding what to do. No, and you were playing on your phone. Yeah. Are on there any witnesses? Your phone. Yeah, are there I, any witnesses? Me. Can't I be you. It. Yes, no, Can't I witnessed be you. it. So, uh, don't expect it. So, just, just quietly, for anybody who doesn't have ADHD... There's a lot of side quests when you have ADHD. You do tend to talk about things and then talk about 17 other things um, along the way. So that's going to happen. Um, so just be prepared. Um, we are both uh, yeah, a little bit older. I don't, don't want to make it sound too old, but um, we are... Uh, that's a bit harsh. I'm I mean, I'm, I'm in my... Uh, I'm 43 and Lockie, you are... 28. He's not. He's 38. And I know that because he's five years younger than me. I never actually remember how old he is until I minus five from my own age. Um, but Which uh, shows that you're good at maths. Yeah. You're welcome. Oh, okay. Time blindness is an ADHD thing as well. I'm terrible at remembering birthdays. You know this. I do. So, um, and anniversaries. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, anyway, so we do have uh, we, lots of interesting things we want to talk about. Um there's, you know, I want to talk about some of the strategies I've developed over the years um, to mitigate that whole deficit kind of um, element because there is an attention issue, there is an executive dysfunction issue, you know, there's some real issues around emotional regulation and, you know, certainly things around rejection, sensitivity, dysphoria, and we're going to go into all of those things. Like I say, not professionals, however, racked up a fair bit of experience now that I just think adds more to the conversation than what we see on social media, particularly TikTok, although we have been told we need to do some TikToks. No, I guess no, the we're going to do some TikToks. Yeah, I guess the it's fun happening. thing that I'm looking forward to is because you've had these strategies in place as you've been figuring things out over the you know course of your life, the aha moment when it all fell into place and you're like, this is why and this is why this happened. And this is why Lockie is awesome. For now, I wanted to actually have a little chat about a couple of things that have kind of happened this week. Um, for me, I have an ick for Lachlan. He doesn't know about it yet, but I have an ick. Um, and, uh, and yeah, it, it, yeah it's a spoken What's it? Lad on me. Lad on me. What's my ick? Okay, so my big ick with Lockie is Actually, that... to set it up... He can't say things properly. To set it up, where did you steal it from? Oh, I haven't stolen it from anything, from anywhere. Everyone talks about icks. It's all over everywhere. My ick is for you that you say turnt. I probably do. Turnt. As in, I turnt it off or... Turned it around. No, and and it's gross, and it just makes it makes it makes my sex drive shrivel up and die. Also, wolf. He doesn't say wolf. He says wolf, and that also <laughs> just, it's such a nick. It's such a nick for me. Um, so yeah. Well, next time you come across a wolf, it will say wolf. You say wolf. 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 Little red riding hood. 
who does she meet on her way to grandma's house? I feel like you're just turning this on its head. <laughs> oh, dear. No, shriveling up your sex drivers. If I walk around all day saying turnt. You say turnt turn a fair bit. Turnt wolf. It's, wolf turnt. Oh, you just said wolf. So. See, you can say hardly it. Hardly walk around saying it. You can say it, which now makes it time. even more of a nick because now I think you're doing it on purpose. Um, how wolf. about you? One of my most favourite things was during a pre-diagnosis time. You know when you hang the dishcloth over the, the sink because we've got the twin sink mm-hmm. and you've got to hang the dishcloth? And you told me that I wasn't hanging over the middle of the sink, but I was hanging over the faucet, the actual faucet, and I wasn't allowed to do that because it drips down. What are you talking about? Are you on about the tap? Yeah, that thing. The tap? What's it actually called here? A tap. A tap. No, the tap's a turny thing. The top bit where the water the comes spout. out. Spout. Faucet. Spout. Are we American? I don't know what we are. What do we call it here? You're the Australian. I mm, don't know. I don't walk around saying, I'm going to call it a turnt. So when you hang the dishcloth over the turnt, but it's meant to be over the centre of the oh, sink. Stop saying but then what ended up happening was by oh. the end of the week, you were doing the opposite of the thing. And then I was right for doing it wrong in the wrong way that I was doing it right in the first place. This is one of those things where you've entirely taken a small Absolutely tangent and not. decided that that's actually what happened. Absolutely when it's not. Just not. Not. It turnt. So hang on, hang on. And that's the other thing that's my, I'm just going to say another ick. You always continue a joke for too long and then it's definitely not funny anymore. Um, but you'll still be saying turnt at the end of the podcast, I'm sure. I'll throw it in there a few more times. Um, okay, is that your thing for the week? Something that happened a long time ago? Yep. Yeah, cool. Nice. Okay, cool. The other thing that happened for me this week, uh, today actually, is I have to take some new antibiotics and I've got to take them for three months and um, I can't drink any alcohol. On them, I actually funny story about for that. Three months. Funny story about what? that. Um, so I actually went and picked up that script for you. Yeah. And you know how you often say that you over-explain things <laughs> and then you keep going, 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 <laughs> and then die on the inside when I leave. Well, yeah. imagine standing in front of the pharmacist, and first he says your name, and I'm like, "That's me," when it's clearly not. Fast forward into the conversation a little bit and I was like, oh, so this funny thing. So my wife has said that she can't take these antibiotics while she's drinking alcohol. Automatically making you sound like someone who just drinks alcohol (laughs) for all beverages of the day, including when you have to take antibiotics. So then he over explained the use of antibiotics and alcohol. And I was like, no, no, no. Let me just reiterate the fact that she doesn't drink alcohol all the time. She's just bummed now that she can't have it for three months which in turn makes me bummed because I'm going to get tied in on this journey of no alcohol when we were just brought home oh, a brand new really bottle nice of gin, gin. Yeah. from Nottingham. Thanks, Shar and Nick, by the way. I'm sure you're listening. So we you better be. Brand new bottle of gin, which I have to look at. I know. And we have those beautiful ones from Cairns that we haven't got through yet as well. Those really lovely ones. Don't really explain nice. to the pharmacist that you can't have alcohol with the antibiotics because it doesn't sound right outside of your own head. Did you know they also, the insert also says, I can't, I'm not supposed to have caffeine. And I was like, that's just stupid. Look, I'm happy to try and give up the alcohol because apparently they're really hard on your liver, these these particular antibiotics, and you could end up feeling quite sick. Um, So I'm happy to try that for three months. God knows I could probably use it. Um, you know, again, ADHD, we do tend to have uh, external coping strategies as well. Um, but no, I'm not giving up coffee. It's just not happening. 
I don't think there is no. a thing in the world that can make you give up yeah, coffee. I never used to like Actually, coffee. for all those people out there that aren't coffee drinkers, good. Um, but I am a coffee drinker. I don't trust people and don't drink coffee. Unless you listen Sorry, to this podcast, Hayley. then we trust you to listen to this no. podcast. No, no. No, we have friends who don't drink coffee. It's What's your coffee of choice? Me? Yep. Long black or a piccolo with oat milk. See, that's see. I took my wanker level to like <laughs> the highest peak that I thought was possible by drinking a piccolo because I'd be like, no, I'll just have a piccolo, thanks you. Piccolos are great. And then you went and, you know, turned, climbed Everest. You just literally went to say you went and turned it into something no, even I went, worse. climbed Everest because I was thinking about the highest peak and like, I don't know, what's higher? Kilimanjaro or Everest? Probably Everest. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> highest peak and you were like, I'll have a piccolo. On oat milk. It's delicious. <laughs> and doesn't make me run to the toilet. Such so a wanker. Big, big win. Um, yeah, so no caffeine. I was like, no, can I still take them and still have caffeine? It was like, well, you can. And I was like, good, that's happening then. So uh, end of conversation there. Thank you very much. Um, all right. So, yeah, so watch this space um, for the three months. Well, how will I go, do you reckon? It's actually 84 days, which is, I mean, almost three months. Um, but, yeah, too long. Too long. I mean, how do you socialise? I don't even know, which in itself, because then I start going. I'm pretty sure you can socialise. No, but you know, it's a social lubricant, isn't it? I'll just have a lemon, lime and bitters, thanks, without the bitters. What is that? That drink is disgusting. Again, it's only an Australian thing. Um, No, apparently there's some really good non-alcoholic ones. But let me just tell you, when I was pregnant, Maggie Beer, Maggie Beer, Maggie Beer, Maggie Beer, Maggie Beer. Um, non-alcoholic. Look, it was it was, was the it best sh- of a bad bunch. Was it champagne, champagne or something? Yeah, pink champagne or something like that. Yeah. Thanks, Maggie. It was just, yeah, it took all the skin off your mouth while you were drinking it. But, um, yeah, if I didn't have to do that again, I definitely would not. Just like almond milk because I couldn't have dairy God bless while feeding Piper. While breastfeeding Piper. And so, oh, my God, almond milk. If I never have to see another almond Milk again, uh, be too soon. It's like they say, you mm. can't squeeze blood from a stone, but you can squeeze milk from an almond. Oh, God. <laughs> no. That was dreadful. You're welcome. Oh, dear. I see what I have to live with. My goodness. All right. So we have talked about how we got here with regards to why we are doing this podcast. But what we really wanted to talk about today, what we wanted this whole episode really to be about is... How did I get my formal diagnosis for ADHD? And also, how did I suddenly start taking medication for ADHD at the age of 43? Because it is quite old it wasn't in ADHD straight. terms. It I, mean, like, I mean, it's not like not dog years. Old. It's not dog but. years. Like ADHD, you don't just grow older by, you know, <laughs> so all the ADHD or just aged. No, it's, it no, was but it is unusual for it, people to get diagnosed um you know, so late. There's a lot of people who get diagnosed as adults, but again, a well, lot of people let's go are gentle diagnosed on the word, in their twenties. Like diagnosed as if it's like something that's a terrible thing. It's not a bad thing. Um, it's there's more knowledge and there's just more acceptance of things now, and people who are willing yeah. to, I guess, go into bat and support you. And you know, in your case, um, we have an amazing GP. Yeah, she's sensational. She basically voluntold you to go and get <laughs> sorted out and pressured <laughs> you and took pressured four you years in a positive way. Me. Yeah, yeah, it's actually really important. I think um, whenever I talk about this, I, I just 
I really talk about the power of a really good GP. And we have been incredibly lucky with our GP. She is sensational, Dr. Dai, or Auntie Dai, Auntie Dr. Dai, as, um, as our little one calls her, uh, because she has been around for the majority of, uh, of her life. Um, yeah, she's fantastic. And actually, we're going to be talking to her in a later episode. She's already agreed to come and talk to us about um, ADHD and, uh, you know, her own personal experience as a, as a professional. Um, she's also a qualified psychologist, so she, um, you know, is is very, very knowledgeable in this area. So I think I uh, really can't underestimate the power of a good GP. And so that conversation, um, how did you feel that moment that she brought it up? Like she obviously... The first time. ...would have tentatively kind of put it out there. Like she's she's very forward. She's a very good, good, you know, hearted person. And so she, you know, she will feel comfortable in, in being able to speak to you. Mm. But how did you feel that moment that she put it on the table and was like, hey, Callie, guess what? That's a really good question. So I was supposed to be going to a doctor's appointment. And uh, there was an incident with a spider. I might actually put a photo of this little shithead of a spider on um, on our socials later because seriously, this thing was not cool. There was a spider on my car. It turns out it was a wolf spider. What spider? Sorry, it was just a huntsman. It was not. It was a wolf it was just spider. A we had wolf spiders all through our lounge, all through just... our lounge, all through our lawn in our old house. Anyway, um, type of Australians and their flipping spider obsessions. I swear to God, everything's a huntsman. Anyway, it was a. It was evil, a spider on my car. Car spider. It was huge. It was bigger than my head. Anyway, didn't get there. Spider was on my car again, um, which is another thing we'll talk about later after I'd been asking Lockie to remove the spider from my car for seven days, but that's another story. Um, and I had a full breakdown. You should have just basically. bought a new car. I thought about what we have since. We said I will not have a black car again because I think that's why we had so many spiders on it. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, and I kept ringing the GP saying I'm still not there. I was obviously floods of tears. I was ringing. I mean, it's a funny story. I was ringing every single pest removal agency in Canberra where we live. And I was like, oh, my God, please come and move this spider off my car. Worth and mentioning, they, were like, they weren't helpful. Well, no one they came laughed out. at me. Um, one guy and he was like, look, I'm really sorry. I can't come out. I'd have to charge you at least a hundred dollars. I was like, that is worth it. I need this car off my, uh, this spider off my car. I need to take my daughter to her medical appointments. Um, and so eventually I got to the doctors an hour and a half or whatever late. And as I walked through the door, Dr. Dai, um, was like, okay, I think we need to talk about a mental health care plan. And, you know, that kind of started our conversation really about um, anxiety and, you know, um, and I think about a year after that, she, we were talking about something and she said, you know, Callie, you know, you have ADHD, right? <laughs> What's to that effect? You know, we really need to start looking at that for you. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? And she was like, yeah, I'd like, here's some, here's some really like important, insightful things. And I'd really like you to start thinking about all of this and, this is about four years ago. And I was like, um, hell no. Excuse me. Thank you very much. I'm very, very smart. I'm successful. I, you know, uh, professionally, like I, I, I am fine. What are you talking about? You know, what she was talking about was the rage, the extreme anxiety, the fact that, um, you know, I talked to her about things and quite clearly was, you know, more upset than I probably needed to be about, about them. And, you know, uh, she could see the fact I now know that I never sat still. 
in an appointment, I never sat still. I was constantly up and moving around and, you know, I would over explain everything. All these things that she as a, as a professional has seen a hundred times before, a million times before. And so she did broach that. And she broached it multiple times for the the next few years. (laughs) Keep keep hassling you to to listen. I will not have a thing. I will not. But the funny thing is, like, from my experience, that's just my level of normal for you. And the comment that you've made recently coming back, you know, a few years down the track when you had to go and, you know, see this all the specialists and all the peoples. And you were like, Do I fidget that much? Yes. Yeah. Yes, you do. You do. You fidget a lot, um, even to the point where I managed to, after the ra- uh, the craze, um, find those fidget spinners and you're like, I don't want this. Why are you giving it to me? And there's a reason why I gave it to you. It's because you fidget. Mm, I never put it down now. When I'm on um, on like video calls at work, like I've always got the fidget spinner in my hand now. Actually, my desk has got a few different fidget toys on it, uh, poppets and little spinny things and... Yeah, it was confronting. But so after taking anti-anxiety meds um, for a little while, I also then became open. I was listening to the m podcast and I absolutely cannot tell the story about my diagnosis without talking about the m podcast. Just saying, if she doesn't, you know, like or follow us because of the amount of mentions she's had so far... Well, it's important and I, and like legitimately. So M. Rossiano, um, you know, you may know her, Amelia Rossiano, but you may know her from uh, Australian Idol a few years back. She also was Dolly on The Masked Singer last year, I think it was. Anyway, she's really well known. Um, she's been on the project multiple times. This isn't the M. Rossiano show. No, but I'm saying who she is because people always ask me when I say. And so she... Um, she got diagnosed, I must be about a year ago. So when COVID hit um, and I really got into podcasts because, again, I didn't know why, but when I was listening to a podcast while walking around a mall or, you know, while doing just hours and hours worth of food prep on a Sunday, um, it's another story we'll get to in another episode. But when doing that, I just was calmer. So Emsolation was one of those podcasts that I listened to. And about a year or so ago, Em started talking very openly about the fact she'd been diagnosed with ADHD. And Em is 43, like me. She is um, somebody who's always been very considered to be very extrovert, like me. Um, She had talked about, you know, challenges with anxiety and stuff, which I really started to relate to. And then she started talking about ADHD and I was like, what? You? Okay, well, all right, I'm listening and really related. And actually, you know, there's a lot of women who really do relate to what she's saying, because she talks about being considered to be difficult. How, you know, you're always too opinionated, or you're always like offending someone around you, especially men, uh, because you don't sit in your box, you know, um, funny story once my next partner of mine got told to put a leash back on me because I had far too many opinions um but yeah so I've just I just really related and she made it okay for me to go and get a diagnosis so I went back to auntie Dr. Di and I said I'm ready to have that conversation now what do we do 
It is worth noting at the same time, and another major catalyst was that it was becoming really clear that our little girl is me. And when I was, um, you know, I can see her going through a lot of the same challenges I did and it just breaks my heart to see it because she's incredibly intelligent, like she's really intelligent, um, really perceptive, really emotional, unfortunately, you know, like she does... um, really take things to heart so it became clear she was going through it I also really didn't like the parent I was being I was so angry and so frustrated and so easily like quick to quick to just yell and shout and you know it just it was awful it is and like it's important that you I guess feel those feelings but at the same time you have to understand that you're also figuring out a part of you that you weren't entirely aware of now and are still figuring out and triggers are real and, you know, you, I mean, you and small child both have very similar attributes but very opposite triggers at time as well. So um, it can be quite interesting at certain moments on certain days when you know, trying to communicate through to both of you um, in the sense that you do not like repetition no. Whereas the small child definitely copes better if she's told the same five instructions, brush your teeth, brush your hair, put your shoes on, you know, all those things. Like that definitely works for her to keep her on track. You do not like that at no, all. I don't at all. Um, it feels really bullying almost in a way. I'm like, oh, my God, stop. Though sometimes I think tone of voice is, is part of that. Um but yeah, so I knew for me to be able to, you know, be a better parent of a person who it looked like was going to end up with that ADHD diagnosis, I needed to be open with myself about it. I needed to <sighs> flap up final Emerciano, um, like reference, I promise. <laughs> I needed to just put my big girl pants on and just go and actually face up to it. I mean, well, in, a, in a way, though, too, you're still learning about this. And so there's a lot of things that I think you have to, I guess, process and come to deal with from the course of your life to being, you know, lack of a better word, I'm going to come up with a better word, diagnosed. Um, diagnosed late. is the thing. It, I don't know. It's what I just, it's called. I'm allowed to not like it. Okay. Um, I think it just sounds negative. But no, that's fair. It's, yeah. it's that thing that you, you now have to go through that healing process of learning how to deal with this yourself from the entire life lessons that you've had up until now and that's not easy for you or for anyone like everyone anyone who's on this on this um you know point in time or you know this has just come up for them and they're trying to figure it all out there's a lot of things you have to work through to try to you know a lot of healing because you there's often a lot of guilt or blame um that is placed upon yourself because of these things yeah and that's you know, it, it's okay to have these feelings and go through these emotions and, you know, figure out your triggers and how to work around them. Like, it's okay. Yeah, and a diagnosis really isn't a magic bullet. I have to say medication for me has been utterly life-changing. So, um, you know, I wouldn't, again, wouldn't say it's a magic bullet. Um, but you're right, there is a lot. Like, you know, I mean, um, you know, one more time for the people in the back, 43. Um, and... You know, I I like I learned at a very young age that I was not likable. 
You know, like this is my my if I talk about my life it and my relationship. So for me, I've got really strong rejection sensitivity dysphoria. I know what it is now. It's funny when you name something, it's less powerful. Like, you know, people always know that. But, you know, I some of my earliest memories are of people not liking me. I realized I needed to not be me if I was going to have people like me. And the and the thing as I've got older is that I don't feel that's changed. I, uh, I, I have some wonderful friends, but I really feel like people really like me at first because I'm very sparkly and I'm really friendly because I love people um, and they love it. Um, they love my intensity. They love my passion. They love when it when it aligns with theirs. But I think what I've really come to realize and accept is that that passion, that intensity, isn't just on the things that work for you. Actually, that's me for everything. I everything. Think, I don't do things I'm not passionate about or intense I, about. I think too, as well. Like you're going to have to. Um, I think there's that fifty-fifty line, and it's that where you have this um, very, very assured point that you think that people don't like you Mm -hmm. and that is obviously your brain doing things and talking to you and telling you negative things which aren't real and that causes you to do certain things, pull away, push away. Um, um, But then there's that other real feeling that, you know what, the world that we live in, not everyone can like everyone 100% of the time, all the time. And that's okay too. But I think it's being able to learn and manage where that line is. And if it's your brain telling you something, that is going to be interesting to to discuss and, and mm. learn about as we're, as we're going through. Because a lot of the times I would assume it was that shadow part of your brain talking and not actual reality. Well, it, it's really hard, actually, because I think there's an element of that. But also when you have a fast brain, as our kid calls it. So when, you know, one of the real one of the really beautiful things about ADHD that I would not want to give up. And the reason I put off medication for a while was because I didn't want to lose this was like I, I am in a room and I am aware of everything happening, you know, like and it's all at the same level. It's really hard to explain this, but. Like we've been out, I've been out and I explained to somebody, I was sitting outside a pub at one point with, um, with one of my friends and, and we were talking about it and she was talking about her child who has, um, an an ADHD diagnosis and we were talking about stuff and, and it was relatively early into me accepting my diagnosis. Um, and I, you know, and I was saying, yeah, okay, cool. So here's the thing. So you and I are having this conversation. Um, I said, I'm also, you know, really don't like the song that's just come on inside uh, that we can hear through the windows. I said, their conversation over there, you would not even believe what that guy's been up to. Actually, really interesting. I said, there's a, you know, there's there was some sort of fan or something like that. I was like, that is also really irritating. White noise, by the way, absolute trigger for me. Um, you know, like, and, and she she looked at me and she just went, there's music playing. And I was just like, do you not see or hear or everything? Because, you know, the other thing is um, everything makes a sound. I don't know how to explain it. It's like, you know, if they're, the chairs make a sound, you know, like as well as the conversations that you're listening to, you know, the 
the colour of the sky makes a sound. That's the synesthesia thing in a way. So like for me, I taste or feel colours. That's a way something I heard it explained today when um, there was, uh, you know, some talk about synesthesia. <laughs> I know I said it would be the last Emma one. It was actually Shiano. on the M podcast this Emma morning. Shiano. She talked about it. And I was like, holy shiz, I, this is me. I do that. So, you know, I learn every day something new. But, um, you know, I don't want to lose that. I love that. It made me a good police officer. You know, it means that the work I do now where I bring people together around like impossible problems, I'm able to say, all right, cool, X, Y, Z, but also the rest of the alphabet over here and people are like, what? I'm like, yeah, we're going to consider these things and we're going to bring a crossover of that and then if we pull from that bit and then we bring it into this and, you know, like really just all of the inputs, I'm able to capture all them at the same time and distill it into a you know a really kind of beautiful output as long as it doesn't require a graphic organizer because it does turn out I cannot make a chart for the life of me and nothing when I make a chart like you know like mind maps and stuff and I'm like yeah it's like this and everyone has always been like that makes literally no sense now I know why because I would be making a chart or a diagram or a map or whatever yeah that matched the way I think about things which turns out is not how everybody else thinks about things. So now I, you know, I've been saying for years, do not ask me to make a graphic organiser, i.e. a chart. Um, now I know why, because my mind maps look like my mind. When I hear the word map, um, it just kind of makes me think, do you know, like, throughout your life how you've given someone directions? Oh, <laughs> this conversation today at have work. you ever wondered like <laughs> how their life turned out and where they where, where they ended up <laughs> you've offered someone directions to somewhere and just gone bye now and turned around and gone oh i hope so i wonder where those people are now are this is like a little community of people just hanging out with bad That's directions one of the things i've started doing since diagnosis is admitting stuff it's been one of my coping strategies, I guess. And somebody today, we, we have a problem. One of the car parks is no longer available where I work. And so um, unexpectedly, and so we're all like, uh, and I, I am terrible. I don't know the area I work in other than my building and, you know, a couple of pubs nearby. And so somebody started trying to tell me where another car park was. And I was just like, um, you know, I'm just going to stop you because nothing you are going to say about this, this directions that you're giving me, none of them are going to stay with me. You literally could be reciting poems or, you know, like rhymes, nursery rhymes right now. I said, because none of it is going to stay with me. And, um, and she was like, oh, okay, no, no. Okay. So you know where Coles is? Nope. <laughs> Well, okay, well, if you go towards Coles, put Coles into your GPS, and then when you go to Coles, there's a little roundabout, and I'm like, already gone. My, I literally was like, you know, I'm, I'm, I've gone already. I'm not actually, what? And she was like, yeah, there's a little roundabout, and it's only a little one, you'll know it. And then she said something about, and I legitimately, I'm only remembering this because of the fact of this, it was quite funny at the time. She said something about it will be on the left of you, not the right or something. Oh, I don't know. But I was like, I really do appreciate and, you know, I love your enthusiasm. But none of that, none of it, none of it's gone in. Coles, Coles and a little roundabout. 
And that's as far as I got. And it's been the same forever. I have absolutely zero sense of direction. Um, but yeah, that's where I thought you were going with the map thing. About I thought you were going to laugh at me for the fact that I cannot follow directions. I come out of shops and I walk back the way I came, etc. But Like okay. I said, that's just my level of normal for you. And it surprises yeah. me that you've travelled as extensively as you have <laughs> and you're still here. Well... That's because I kind of took a bit of a potluck attitude towards all the travelling that I've done. That's why, you know, the whole off the beaten path thing. I'm always like, oh, yeah, I'm always off the beaten path. That's half the time I've lost. Just lost. (laughs) Which actually, coming to think of it, (laughs) the amount of car harassment, I think is a good word, car harassment, car harassment you give me for driving, giving me all the instructions in the world on how to get somewhere, you don't have a clue. Oh, I'm dreadful. Um, I actually... You're so, a bad passenger. <laughs> I'm a terrible passenger. I actually was in the in car the on the way to work with one of my friends and um, when she hears this story, she's going to know it's her and I give directions and I go... And the way I was doing it in the car was I was doing what's helpful for me. So I was saying, now, what you'll want to do, you'll want to get into that lane there. You're probably going to want to do that now because in a minute you're going to want to turn right. And so if you get into that lane and now you could probably... Merge, she's like, dude, like, back off. And I was like, oh, that's not helpful. <laughs> I'm really sorry. And she literally, we went into work and she was telling everyone how I basically like harassed her for the entire way. You're and a I really thought I was being helpful because no. I was like, for me, I to get somewhere, I have certain things I have to do along the way. So like if I'm going onto the Tuggeranong Parkway, there is a certain point I have to merge. I can't and I have to do it the same way each time. Otherwise I get lost. So anyway. I think we were talking about how I eventually then went and got diagnosed. Um, I really, look, there's a lot of conversation about is it worth doing at a late stage? I think for me, yes. Um, it's it's It really is personal. You know, nobody can tell you what to do. As I was saying earlier, like, I went through life and my overwhelming sense was I just didn't like myself. I've always hated myself. And when people are like, I'm like, why am I such like so awful why you know I'm the common denominator I'm the one that people don't like so why am I you know type of thing and I have to unlearn exactly what you were saying I have to unlearn all that self-loathing um and whenever I've talked about it like I just don't want her to have the life I've had and it's like listen it's not self I mean I don't want to diminish that experience but I think it's better to look at it not like self-loathing, but it's those coping mechanisms that you put in place, those things that you you convinced yourself of a thing or you... No, I've always, I've always loathed myself. But would you have loathed yourself loathed, knowing... Loathed, word, loathed. Loathed. Um, knowing what you know now? Would you, would you have no. gone through those experiences? No, and that's the thing. Knowing that there was a thing, there was, you know, mm. that you had ADHD, I don't think the situation would have no. been the same. It wouldn't have. I have to say my workplace, my colleagues at the time, wonderful, wonderful humans, some of the best humans I've ever known, they accepted me in a way I've never been accepted before and it makes me so emotional because 
I've never, ever felt like I fit in anywhere. I felt like I'm okay in small doses. Um, you know, people can deal with me if they don't have to deal with me much. And these are really real things. And my old, um, my old work team, they were just wonderful humans. They did accept me as I was. Um, and so, you know, again, it brought me to a place where I felt more able than to accept this thing about myself. And for me, my mind has always been my refuge, you know, my, um, my writing. Yeah. I've always been quite creative. I've, you know, I've always done all those sorts of things and I've always been able to seek refuge in, you know, no matter what I'm smart, you know, and I was so worried that I was going to lose that if I accepted this ADHD diagnosis. And I haven't. No, I don't, don't think I have it. I you're don't think I have. You're still the same little girl who read books in cupboards. Oh, I did used to read. I used to hide in my wardrobe and read yeah. books. You're still that same person. And, yeah. Even you know, at a young age, I just wanted to be away from sensory overwhelm. Now I know it's that. I didn't know it was that before. I just used to take a lamp into my wardrobe and read. And my mum used to always come in and be like, oh, my and she'd tell me off for it but like now I'm a parent I can go I'd be coming in going holy fuck my kid is so weird um you know so I can see um, why she used to get cross about it the amount of places I've found the small child reading books oh she loves um upside down sitting on top of the table underneath a nook somewhere she will create the smallest space for herself because I guess it's a way of I guess, blocking out reality and getting lost in the book that she's in. Um, I think there's a, there's been a lot there. I, uh, I don't want to talk too much about everything and anything that we maybe want to come out to come to in a later episode, but I just, I think it's really important. It was really hard for me as a, you know, a very capable person the more I looked, I've looked into ADHD, the more I've realized that my coping strategies are exactly that, that I have stims, that I have triggers and that medication. The first time I have a really good friend, like she got diagnosed before me, she was braver than me, um, a lot sooner than me. And she got diagnosed and she said within half an hour, within half an hour of taking that first tablet, everything just kind of quietened down. And I was like, I just didn't believe it. But she had said it and I knew I trusted her and I'd heard it before. And I was like, okay. So I did see my neurologist. Well, he wasn't my neurologist at that time. He is now. Um, My GP did all the referral. Um, You know, like there Mm. are different ways to get diagnosed. And I want to talk about that more in a later episode. Like we'll fully talk about it. We'll do a whole episode about diagnosis and how you can get diagnosed as an adult, as a child. The absolute bullshit that there is around how exclusionary it is to get a diagnosis, the amount of money it costs. Anyway, I'm not going to go into it now because as you can hear in my voice, I have rage about it. We are very, very privileged and we're very lucky. That one. And now we go to our emails and our DMs. We did actually promise this was going to be a funny podcast. Got very deep there. Um, But to be honest, I think we're really open about that as well. I don't think we ever said there wasn't going to be anything deep. It might get dark in places, actually. Each part's going to serve a purpose, right? Yeah, I think we'll have, um, hopefully we'll um, be remotely vaguely amusing. Um, But yeah, we we are going to go deep places as well. Otherwise, you might as well just keep watching TikTok because this is supposed to be a little bit of a deeper conversation. By the way, I want to be really clear. I freaking love the ADHD stuff on TikTok, some of it. I'm finding it at the moment that my social media feeds are just saturated with negativity. Um, It's a bit much, but there are a couple of amazing influencers. But yes, I don't hate it. I actually love it. 
but I just think there's a bit more to it. All right. So three questions. So first, we've actually covered two of them already. So um, that request to do um, a deep dive into the intersection between uh, autism, uh, oh, sorry, ADHD and Asperger's um, and, you know, what is now known as autism spectrum disorder. I actually just want to say this in our quest to be inclusive and to talk about, you know, use the right terminology and the right words. There is actually a whole heap of people who fought for their Asperger's diagnosis. They went through exactly the same, holy shit, that we go, that I'm going through now or and, and more so maybe, you know. So I actually want to be real. I want to call that out and I want to be called out if I don't acknowledge that in next week's episode. We are actually going to do it with um, an occupational therapist who is amazing. Her name's Rachel. She's going to come and join us for that episode. And she has a lot of um, incredible experience and knowledge in this area. So we're very excited. We are very much taking this seriously and we want to include people on this um, experience with us. And so very much recommend that you throw your questions out there because we will go through them all. We will give them all time and space and, and respect. And respect. And that's, you know, it's important that not only are we talking about our experiences, but we're involving other people because, I mean, we're all we're all figuring out this, uh, as I so eloquently put it, ADHD madness. So referring to the trailer, um, we did have the question, what happened in the trailer where Loki didn't speak? We've all accepted that you were on your phone, um, hence the fact that I was like, oh, good one, yeah, nice one, motherfucker, kind of thing, I think was how I said it in the trailer. We tried to fade most of that out so that we didn't get kicked off socials. Um, let's not go back to it. This has been long enough already. We're already over an hour. We are going to edit. Now, final question. What is the reference to the fish? Why are we called our podcast Fuck Them Fish? Well... That is a good question. Basically, um, you'll notice our logo is an octopus. Um, we do have an octopus. Octopus wearing headphones. That's my favourite. I did that. I had a big part to play in that because I told you your first one was horrible. <laughs> like the small I drew child, it in Microsoft Paint. The small it was child deliberately bad. Has drawn it was a, a placeholder octopus than what you did. Not on Microsoft Paint. She hasn't. Anyway. Um, so there was a meme a little while ago, um, and I have laughed about this meme. I've also really tried to find out who the original creator of the meme was. If anyone knows, you'll know the meme when I tell you, um, I'd love to actually, um, acknowledge them on this and, you know, let, like, I'd like to actually meet, reach out and say, Hey, um, it was actually really funny, the meme, and it, 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 I just associated with the meme so much. Anyway, the meme was, and we'll put it on our socials. Um, so scientists have discovered that sometimes um, an octopus will just um, like punch fish for no reason other than spite. Just punch them in the face. Just punch the fish. And somebody had seen this fact and created a meme and it just had a picture of an octopus on it and it just said fuck them fish and I just it I just that was vibing with the octopus because that was very much how I would often just be like what the fuck like when that rage that I was talking about that pre-medication rage um would come up I would just literally the triggers and everything they just it's like they create this energy inside that has to come out and so I just imagined myself as like this octopus just my limbs flailing and you know if I accidentally punch a fish that's that's their fault um just want to throw it way. out there as well um no fish were actually harmed no 
in the making of this podcast. No octopus either. Or will be harmed. Octopuses? That sounds wrong. Octopi. That sounds wrong. Yeah, so that's what it was about. Um, me and a couple of friends, I've literally spent, I think I laughed for about three days straight every time I opened my phone and saw this meme. I just couldn't stop laughing. Um, I reckon then, you would shit your pants if an octopus came up to you. Yeah, I would. Totally. Fucking terrifying. For someone that resonates I'm terrified with an octopus, of the ocean. You would poop your pants. Yeah, I would. Totally. Ocean's terrifying. Um, but yeah, so um, I just, I just, I still can see myself and you, you can't see me at the moment because this is an audio medium. However, if there was visuals attached, you would see me currently like scrolling up my arms as if I've like got tentacles and then like flicking them out, which is like that, that to me, that was the epitome of how, you know, when I've got everything happening and I'm overwhelmed and I'm feeling sensory and, and everything's just too much, I just... Need to get the energy out. Is that what that was? That's what that was, yeah. It kind of looked like you're a T-Rex trying to grab that apple and you couldn't reach. <laughs> yeah, I'm scrotally my That's kind of what it looked like. Um, yeah, so that's the reference to um, to the fish. Um, uh, we are saying, fuck them fish. You know what? Fuck that negative ADHD energy. We're not going to shy away from it, but also we're not going to let the negative be the only narrative out there there's more to us than that is that a good place to end i think that's a good place to wrap it up i think i'd like to take the moment to thank those listeners the The ones who are still here the the trailer (laughs) listeners the listeners of the trailer who submitted those 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 questions um look forward to receiving some more people who followed us one of them came from um instagram facebook very much Mm. like to thank everyone I promise we will get better at this, right? This is our first one. Um, We will get better at being um, more concise, should we say that? Maybe actually people won't even know that because maybe I'll edit it so incredibly well that they'll think it was always just really concise anyway. We have to do the shout out and keep pushing people to follow us on socials. Yeah. Send us an email. Got their FDemFish on Instagram and on Facebook. FDemFish. And And we're going to do a TikTok. We have turned up on various... Uh, podcast platforms. Spotify, Google, Apple, and everywhere that draws using an API, which I know about because I'm digital. Must must admit, it is quite exciting when you search and you're like, There's me. Woo. There we are. There's me. Um, that's the graphic I that's, made. That's the thing. It feels awful. It's gross. It's yuck saying, please follow us, like us, follow us. It's shit. But please do. That'd be great. We'd love it. Um, send us an email with any questions, anything you want us to deep dive to fthemfish at gmail.com. You guys are amazing. You going to say anything else? Playing nope. on your phone again? Nope. nope. I think. Awesome. Let's not start another conversation. Awesome. Thank you so much, everyone. Bye. Dara nuna, dara nunawal. Yangu nalamanyin dunimanyin. Nunawawari, dara wari dindi. Wangara lijinyin. This podcast is recorded on the traditional lands of the Nunawal and Yambri people, and we pay respect to Mother Earth, the footprints that came before us, the ones we follow now, and the footsteps that will guide us long into the future.